Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 120, Political Candidates and Outcomes Can't Affect Your Well-Being. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So this episode is obviously very relevant here in the U.S. as we are in election week, Um, but it's relevant for all of you, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what's happening in your country or the culture in which you live or anything, because it's a much bigger look at the actual source of our well-being. And, And when we get this right... Meaning when the more clearly we really see the true source of, of our innate health, of our well-being, and, and even of our experience, the true source of how we feel moment to moment to moment, the more we, we see that clearly and get it right, well, the more we get to feel what's already always there anyway. So our well-being is never in question. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. It doesn't matter who is elected as the next president. It, it even doesn't matter in, in terms of our well-being. It doesn't even matter, you know, what's happening right outside our door or even within our own bodies, the state of our own health, all of that. Now, these things matter as human beings. So please don't hear me saying that they don't matter at all or that they shouldn't matter or any of that. We're all human beings and we care about things. And I, I, we should, we should care about these things. And of course we have our preferences and of course we have compassion and, and want to see certain things put into place to help ourselves and others. Of course we all want to be in the, the most thriving physical health we can possibly be in. But none of those things have the power to make our well-being go away, our ultimate well-being. It's there all the time. It's never touched, never dinged, never diminished. It's just a question of whether we let ourselves feel it or not. You know, sometimes when, especially when we don't have a whole lot on our minds, when we aren't even there, we aren't thinking about us and our life and how things should be, we just, we're not in the way of our well-being and we just join right up with it. And other times we have a lot on our minds and innocently in our own thinking because we're, we're thinking stuff up and we're believing and staring at that stuff, especially when that stuff is saying, you know, because of this president, I can't be happy because of this outcome, because of this health issue, I can't be okay. Well, then we're not going to feel the well-being that is still there. It is always there. It's sitting there waving to us saying, hey, don't forget me, I'm here. But we just aren't able in those moments to see it or feel it. So, so that is not what's at stake. It's, if anything, our, our ability to experience it. And, and there's more to the story than that even. So we're looking at how, like what I've been saying so far is about how we human beings experience life, how each of us feels and what we see and sense and experience in a very, very micro kind of level, moment to moment throughout our lives. That has nothing nothing at all to do with what's happening out in the world. 
again, we'll, we'll feel it as if it does, if we think it does. So if you think, oh, if so-and-so gets elected, I'm going to be outraged. Well, you probably are. <laughs> Your mind is going to go to outrage. Your mind is going to say, these things need to change. And now with this president, they won't change. And, and that's where you'll be looking. So that's what you'll be experiencing. That, it's that simple. That's what your mind will be talking about. And you'll have a front row seat pulled up to that conversation because it looks and feels very true. So of course, that's what you're going to experience. But, but even bigger than just what we experience in any given moment is then our ability to, to take the micro, like what we're feeling in a moment, and put it out into the macro, out into the world. So if we're feeling hopeless and frustrated and defeated and horrible about things, how much, how much real power and bandwidth do we have to go out in the world and make a change? Not much, because we're sitting there saying to ourselves, it's hopeless, this will never change, I'm so frustrated, I can't believe... And so what, is, what does that do to our creativity? What does that do to, to our, our energy, our, our desire to even talk about another way? If you don't think another way is all that possible, then man, it's a huge uphill battle to do anything. So, so that's a huge piece of this as well. You know, it's not just about us feeling good because people ask that all the time. Oh my gosh, especially in the last year all the time. How can I be, you know, be in this kind of conversation and see where my well-being is coming from and yet go out in the world and do things effectively? And this is how we have to see where our well-being is coming from first and see that it is not diminished by anything. And that, that allows us this space and the, that creativity and that energy to to see what's moving through us and what wants to be manifest out in the world and to, to let it move through us and to act on it. But when we're totally shut down, and we're never totally shut down, but when our mind is very tight and rigid about this shouldn't be or now what, you know, which by the way, it's okay if you feel that way. I mean, I'm half half of our country in the U.S. is going to feel that way in the next few days and off and on, you know, and the other half will be really happy. So that's, it's okay. Like we're going to feel all this stuff, but that's not where we want to camp out. And it's for sure not what we want to take seriously. When we're in that and things really look hopeless, it's so amazing to see, oh, I'm just looking in the wrong direction. And, and in this episode in particular, I think it's really cool to see this micro macro, you know, since we're talking about societies and countries and policies and all of that super macro stuff to make this a micro macro sort of distinction. So when we're in a moment with our own freedom of mind and, and anything and everything is free to move through us and, and we know that there's always hope and that things are always changing out in the world. That's one thing. <laughs> and that's a nice thing. And that's, again, what energizes humans to have a thought and have an idea that may seem tiny, 
We may see, feel so relatively powerless to do anything with that, but we do it anyway. We do it on whatever tiny scale, micro scale, we're able to do it. And then when that happens enough and enough people are in that space and they're doing these little micro actions, well, then that's the only way anything big happens. That's the only way it ever has happened is it starts small and then it grows. But when we're staring out at the macro, meaning again, we're saying, my guy lost, he should have won, everything's going to fall apart, all these policies are going to happen. You know, like when we're in that place, what do, what do we have? Of course, we just want to go back to bed. Anyone would. Anyone would from that place. So I was thinking back, a couple things I want to share around this. So Four years ago this week, I suppose, um, my husband and I were traveling to Scotland on election day. Um, and our flight left like in the late afternoon, early evening on election day. So if if you remember, and again, I'm not, I know I'm not just speaking to Americans here because I think we're all kind of aware of this. So in 2016, up until, I don't even know what time because I was in the air on an airplane, but up until pretty darn late in the day on election day, it was kind of assumed, at least by by many people, that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. Now, again, I don't want to speak for everyone. Maybe, maybe pe- I know that people saw it saw things in a different way and kind of saw what was going on. I didn't. I was a little more blind to to the whole thing. And it was kind of a shock, right? So fine. You know, we left, we got on our flight. We didn't know what was going to happen. We'd have to find out when we landed. But, you know, we weren't expecting a giant surprise from what all the media and people had been kind of predicting. And um, and then we landed <laughs> and it was a surprise. And so by this time, it's early morning in Scotland and, you know, they had all been watching the news. It's kind of middle of the night in the U.S., but uh, the results were in. And and I, once my internet got working, I opened my email, you know, to just find and, and Facebook and like, you know, news and everything. I mean, just so much obviously split, right? Half of the United States was super happy. <laughs> That's and and the other half was super unhappy. So um I remember getting emails from clients and again I'm not this has nothing to do with with a political preference or anything, but the happy people were happy. So there's nothing for them to do but go celebrate. While I was hearing from some of the unhappy people because they were unhappy, right? And just trying to wrap their heads around everything and just just feeling so shocked and hopeless and angry and confused about how the outcome was the outcome that it was. And I remember seeing something that I'm going to read to you from uh, Dick and Benninger. He had posted it on Facebook. Very short, very simple. And this became the thing that, in particular, because I was on vacation, <laughs> I was supposed to be on vacation in Scotland. I didn't really have time to kind of talk down all of my upset clients. So I shared this from Dickon. So thank you, Dickon, for that. You helped uh, help save my vacation. So, so this is what he posted on Facebook uh, four years ago this week. It says, the real question is not what will happen as a result of this election. Politicians do not determine the overall level of well-being of those who live in their country. To me, the real questions are, can we look within and set aside our judgmental thoughts of others? 
Can we find love and understanding in our hearts? Can we bring these feelings to each other, especially those who disagree with us? Can we find tolerance deep in our souls, especially for those who see life differently than we do? Can we find within us the spirit of cooperation that is based on tolerance and respect so that we can truly work together to create a society that's looking out for what's best for the whole rather than just our own self-interests? The problems of the world ultimately will not be solved on a political level. The problems of the world will ultimately only be resolved by each of us bringing more love and understanding into the world. May we all get better at listening for and to the inner wisdom that continues to guide us toward a more peaceful and loving world community. So much in that kind of jumped out at me, and especially this line, the problems of the world ultimately will not be resolved on a political level. Because when it looks like they will, there's outrage, there's division. There's, it's not fair, you know, there's competition. There's everything that none of us want. And when it looks like, okay, here's what's happened at a macro level. And yes, it's, you know, there will be macro implications. Absolutely, there will be macro implications. But none of those macro implications have any real power to take away how any of us feels ever. They don't have any power to take away our own ability to listen and connect and share. And and our little blip in history is just a tiny little blip. You know, I, I know a lot of people are talk, thinking, especially now when we're looking at here in the U.S., four-year terms, and I get it. You know, it looks like time is running out on things. And, you know, but again, just look at how that feels. Our feelings have to guide us here. When, when any of us looks out too big, it feels overwhelming. And that overwhelm is telling us, hey, you're just looking too big. You're looking out there thinking this big, huge macro thing has all this power over you. Back it up. Like get more micro. Look at what's really going on. And think about this. I mean, this is this is true all the time. So if you're going to go organize your basement today, don't think about organizing your, if your basement looks anything like mine, don't think about organizing the basement today for the love of God that'll like have you running and just, you know, watching Netflix all day. Start with a shelf. Start with one little corner. I mean, you know, it's so simple and obvious. And yet this is what we're doing when we're looking out at the world. And of course we need to look out at the world, but like, just like you need to look at the basement, but it's like you glance at the whole of the basement, you might get some thoughts and ideas for how it would be better organized. And then you set those aside and you do the one shelf because there's no other way to do things in life ever. That's not going to just paralyze us. I think about... uh I'll give a really concrete example in my own business. So I, like like many of you listening probably, um, have gone through my time, my periods of time where, especially earlier on, uh, not so much in the last few years, but 
early on around coming across this and seeing the impact that it can have. And, and for me, coming from a traditional psychology background and just seeing how backward so much of that is, um, that can feel all kinds of ways. It, that doesn't feel it. It's just a fact, right? But my mind can think it all kinds of ways at all kinds of levels. And consequently, I'll have all kinds of feelings about it. So it can feel like, uh, you know, can have moments of just feeling completely blessed. Like I can't even believe that I've been one of the lucky few in this lifetime to see things in this other direction and help people with it and just full of gratitude and also the complete opposite, like full of what the heck, like look at how old these, these outside in strategies and techniques are and paradigm shifts take forever. And this feels so huge. Kind of like what probably half of this country will feel about the state of our country later this week, you know? So the feeling of that has just helped helped guide me to where I can make an impact. Now, my mind is still, I still glance downstairs and have to look at the hold of the basement. And that's very much in the back of my mind. So I'm still, you know, wanted to, to devote the rest of my life and career, as long as it is fun and makes sense, to changing how people see mental health. And that's a huge thing if you think about it as a huge thing. But but what is, you know, and so of course that kind of guides goals that are gigantic, which is fine. I hold goals very loosely and when I remember to and try not to take them too seriously and they aren't a pass or fail kind of thing. They're just a big picture vision that probably isn't going to happen this year, you know, but but that might. So I try to sort of hold it in that way. But ironically, in a sense, like with the bigger my vision and, and ideas for spreading this in the world have gotten, the worse it feels. The more I focus out there, the worse it feels. And the more it drives me to just really hone in on the micro stuff. So in the Little School of Big Change, for example, every single time we lead this course, I have a goal of like 500 and even 500 students in this school seems tiny to me. It seems ridiculous that only 500 people would be in that course, but that's like my reasonable goal, right? My my big picture goal is like 8 billion, but you know, 500 should be able to do. Well, we never get 500. It's, a, it's always around 200. And, and so <laughs> what... What makes so much sense to me now, now that I've, I've suffered through that many times and been frustrated and like, why is it so slow, is to, is to drill down to those 200 people that I am so incredibly grateful for that show up and share and are open-minded and listen and want to see something new and just block out the rest of the world and just serve those 200 people the absolute best I can see to serve them. Hoping and knowing that that's just what makes sense. And and it's it's what makes sense logically. Like I can give I can give a reason for it and I'll give that in a minute of how how that could even work strategically. But that's not really what it is. What I really find is I kind of I don't know if I should be saying all this publicly, but I am like, I kind of hate the, the month leading up to each school launch because 
I'm talking to my team and there's all these goals and numbers and it just feels hard and I'm not serving. I mean, I'm serving people along the way. I'm talking with people, having conversations, but you know, I just love to lead this school. I don't, I don't love the sales and marketing piece at all. So like, there's a lot of just ups and downs and like, oh, and like, when is the world going to see this more and why is it hard and all of that. But I'm telling you the minute that's done and the minute we just dive into the school, it, Every single time, which is like six or seven times now, that all just vanishes. I don't care about the numbers. I'm just so grateful and thrilled to be in there with the people that are there that want to see this. And that feels amazing. So the feeling, like I have no other, I'm not going to be in a crappy feeling. That's just not an option for me. I want to be in a good feeling. And this is the thing that always keeps showing me, wow, there's a great feeling there. So it's like, I'm not even making that choice, right? It's just obvious. But even strategically, here's what I've seen. So I know I'm not going to change the way that people view mental health by myself. And obviously, I don't have to. There's many amazing people out there doing podcasts and teaching this and all of that. And, and so that's great. We have a small army already. But, you know, what I've seen around this is the army could be bigger, <laughs> And the bigger the army is, the more we're going to be able to just share this. And so that's why I do a a coach training now. My change coach training is my thinking, you know, is like, wow, if I can, if I can give a handful of people a really, really amazing, deep training in this, then they get to go out and that just spreads it so much more than I could ever do alone. Now that too is something that, Oh, I have to like, you know, kind of talk to, I, I like having those conversations, talking to people about the training, but ultimately I just want to get down and share that. I just want to get down and do the work. So even that is not my, my favorite thing to do. But what's so interesting is that the more that I'm just in the, the micro of whatever it is I'm doing, it just spreads outward. So the more I'm just loving and serving the 200 people that are in the little school of big change, I know, I know that some of them are going to, are going to want to share this. You know, I don't need to convince them. I don't like, and it's just going to come from them seeing something that says, wow, there's potential in this. There's so much hope in this. They're going to want to share it just like I do. So How awesome is that in a way, you know, that the more I can hunker down in what I love to do anyway, and it's just guided by that feeling, the more the rest of it is going to take care of itself. I can love those 200 people. They're more likely than not to go tell other people. A a subset of them will want to share this themselves. And now I have my macro goal moving forward so much faster than I otherwise could just by doing what feels right to me. What Not even what feels right, but just what feels good. <laughs> just what I love to do and what feels good. So that was kind of a long, a long example, but, but let's take this back to what's happening in our world. Again, not just in America, wherever you live politically. And that bigger micro level, we can't jump there. And you can try, and if it feels good, go for it. But mostly it won't. We'll hit a point where it's like, okay, this is way out of my hands, over my head. It's way too big. It's like we have this guidance system that pushes us to the point that is the deepest kind of place we can be that still feels good. And usually right at that edge is what feels the the most good. It's what feels amazing. And we get to play in that and know that when when we're in that place, it will make a difference 
in the mic in the macro, and it's the only thing that will. So if your person loses or if your person wins, whatever, you know, that's that's just policy. That's just society. That's just country. That's like this huge level thing. The best each of us can do is love the people that are right in front of us. Serve the people that are right in front of us. If if something, if you're super passionate about something, a movement, uh, you know, some kind of human rights, like whatever it is, feel for that edge. Feel for where it feels like, wow, I, I feel like right here in this sweet spot, I can just look toward what is important to me without getting distracted by all the obstacles I'm seeing when I look too big. And I can dig in here. I can take my efforts to save the planet or save the economy or change healthcare or like whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever's important to you. There's an edge that we get to feel that feels really amazing and like we're like we're doing something. And usually what it is, is just handing over, like giving complete service, being in complete service to what is right in front of us. And from that feeling we will see bigger when there is bigger. It doesn't mean we just hang out there. Same for me. Like when I'm in, when I'm really just in there with those people in the school and serving them, I have ideas. I have ideas of like, oh my God, this person would be amazing to take this forward. Or maybe I'll do a webinar on this thing and that'll reach a bunch of people. So again, it's not just serving those people. And for us, for the rest of us, it's not just... It's not just hanging out with our little family and being happy and pretending like there's not, you know, stuff happening in the world around us. It's pushing to our edge and knowing that in that place, in that feeling, the 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 film in front of us, you know, the blinders of our own thinking are cleansed. They're cleaned. We can see new things, brand new thought shows up. And that's what moves it more into the macro than starting out in the macro ever can. So, yeah, <laughs> I hope this is helpful. I, I really, uh, I hope the piece that I read of Dickens touches you like it did me. And I hope that no matter what's happening in the world this week, this month, anytime, no matter where you are in the world, we kind of keep this distinction in mind and let our feelings just kind of show us where we're looking too big and putting our well-being somewhere where it doesn't exist, you know, where that's, where that's not the source of it. We can't ever lose what we are. It's not even what we have or else we could lose it if it was a possession. It is what we are made of. So at worst, at absolute worst, we lose sight of it. And thankfully, when we lose sight of it, we get really strong feedback in the form of feeling horrible. That shows us we've simply lost sight of it. People need support through change now more than ever. And people, maybe you, also need and want fulfilling work that allows us to make an excellent living, being able to work from anywhere in the world with anyone in the world, including working remotely, which I have to say has been pretty handy these past several months. If you want to help people end habits or find freedom from anxiety and needless worry, I can teach you how in the Change Coach Training and Certification Program. In the Change Coach Training Program, you'll spend six months immersing deeply in this new paradigm with me and with an incredible group of people that quickly become like family. You'll get to observe and debrief a ton of coaching before doing a ton of coaching yourself with support and feedback the whole way through. You'll leave the program feeling confident and ready to work with others 
and with the option of becoming a certified change coach. This program is really unlike any other in terms of the feedback, guidance, and support you receive the entire way through. You can check out all the details at drameyjohnson.com slash coach training. Watching people wake up to a whole new experience of life is the most fulfilling work in the world. And having steady work that you can do remotely offers huge peace of mind for you. I would really love to help you make this a reality. 